Hey everyone, welcome to Tetsuo Tells a Story. I'm Tetsuo. This is a collaboration video with Night Sanctuary. His channel is linked in the description below. He reached out to me and wanted to collab. Overall, great guy and cover some scary stories. So be sure to show his channel some love. Remember to like and sub to the channel if you haven't already. Now time to loosen up and turn on your nightlights. Please enjoy this episode titled Three Ghostly Police Stories. 9207. 9207. Story 1 Myself and a buddy on my squad responded to an alarm. The incident location was an old office type building that had been converted to doctor's offices. There was also a pharmacy that was attached to it. Our dispatch received a motion signal from an upstairs office. The keyholder arrives on scene and we go in to secure the building. The stairs were locked behind a door that, of course, the keyholder didn't have keys to. So we took the elevators up to the second floor. Not the most tactically sound option, I know. The elevator opens up to a pitch black hallway, except for one overhead light at the end of the hall. We start checking doors, and so far, all are secure. We get to the last office, and sure enough, the door is unlocked. We make entry and observed that it is an unused office. The door opens to a sizable waiting room in a reception area. There were about 10 or 12 exam rooms, all cleared with no hiccups. We exited the office and immediately, something feels off. That is, when I realize the overhead light at the end of our hallway that had been on is now off, replaced by another light over by the elevators. I look at my squad mate and he looks completely white. I asked him what is wrong, and he says, Weren't all those doors we just checked closed and locked? I tell him, yeah, they were. So my buddy says, Well, now they're all standing open. Sure enough, all the offices down the hallway that we just checked we're now standing open. Pucker factor sinks in at this point. So we start clearing and securing the offices. We finish the last office and on our way out, just before we are about to turn the corner to get into the waiting area, the main door just slams shut. Then our radio starts going nuts with some kind of static feedback. Now I just wanted to get the hell out of there. We get back to the elevator and head down to the first floor to make contact with the key holder again. However, the key holder is nowhere to be found. I contact dispatch and request a callback number for the key holder so I can advise him of what we found. 
dispatch states that the keyholder was still en route to us and should reach us in about five minutes. I advised dispatch that we had already been with the keyholder. Dispatch requests that I give them a call. I call dispatch and she tells me that there is no way we were out here with a keyholder. She states that the alarm company had only made contact with one keyholder. Eventually, the real keyholder arrives on scene, and I asked her about the man that led us into the building. She asked me to describe him, so I did. She states that that sounds like one of the doctors that used to lease the office on the second floor at the end of the hall. She then states that he had committed suicide at his summer home several days ago. I still won't go back there. Story 2 I'm a police officer. One night, around 3am, I was sent out to a suspicious activity call. By the time I arrived, there were two girls at the location. The location was an abandoned movie theater. I asked the ladies what their reason was for being here. The response was ghost hunting. I told them to leave since they are not supposed to be there. As the woman left, I conducted an exterior patrol for any broken doors or windows. Nothing seems out of the ordinary. So, I went to this old wooden door, sealed with a chain and a locket. I knocked on the door three times. Three seconds later, someone from inside knocked back three times in response. This spooked me, as I wasn't expecting a reaction back. I said, Hello? Is anybody in there? A few seconds later, the thing inside let out a giggle. And responded back with a hello. To be honest, it sounded like a little girl. I got scared and hopped in my squad car and reversed out of the driveway. As I reversed, I looked up the theater's third floor window and saw this little girl waving by at me. I don't believe in supernatural things, but after this incident, it got me wondering what's out there. Story 3 I'll start with a mid-level, semi-scary, true first-hand experience while working as a police officer for the city of Manitowoc Police Department. My partner and I were freaked out. I was second shift patrol. June 19th, 2009, 8.45 p.m. Four officers were dispatched to an active alarm that was both motion and heat activated. The location of the active alarm was a funeral home in the 900 block of South 14th Street. Upon arrival, officers made a complete check of the exterior areas 
doors, windows, storage sheds, and garages, and found all to be clear. The strange part was, I was the first of four on the scene, and we checked the front door together. And my search partner, who was a 20-year-old rookie, was assigned to check the front windows for security and was inside of the front door at all times. The front door was checked by all officers after the perimeter was secured. The front door was now open and slightly ajar and we can hear the audible alarm sounding from inside. Concerned, I asked the rookie if he saw anyone enter or exit and he said that he did not. The door was unlocked which it wasn't earlier. I had my reservations to what might have caused the incident, but I was just thinking happy thoughts and of my job so the imagination doesn't flood the brain with strange things. God is with me, I prayed. The rookie and I started checking the front areas while the other two officers walked down the hallway to check the rest of the building. I had an unsettling sensation that someone was watching the rookie, but I didn't say anything. The rookie finally told me that he had a funny feeling, but I just told him to try to ignore it for the time being. The rookie stayed real close to me now, and our guns are always drawn on interior building checks, and all officers had fresh batteries for our laser flashlights on our gun. The rookie and I finished our check of the front, as well as the morning in the display area. I radioed the others if they checked the basement yet, but there was no response other than radio static. The rookie looked at me with a strange look on his face, and I told him to man up, because we had a job to do. The rookie looked towards the stairs leading to the basement and just slowly shook his head side to side. Never forcing or having anyone to do something I wouldn't do myself and knowing that the rookie was starting to get scared, I instructed the rookie to follow as we were going to check and clear the basement. If anyone is familiar with this building, the basement hallway has light switches at the top and at the bottom, each controlling the lights for the stairwell. At the bottom of the stairwell, there was another panel of switches that controlled the lights for the basement. Guns drawn at the ready, I started down the stairs with a rookie two steps behind me. At the bottom, I turned on the basement lights and announced our presence. Looking towards the right, I saw the restrooms, which we cleared. And towards the left, there was an open door leading to another room that also had lightning controls of its own. The rookie and I entered that room, and upon doing so, I had a chilling sense of uneasiness. And I hear my rookie say, Let's go back, Max. Looking at the rookie, I told him, there's no fear. Fear is the mind killer. Just think happy thoughts, Rook. And let's get this one done and get out of here. Stay close, Rookie. 
I turned on the lights. Upon entering the large, 15 feet by 25 feet empty room, with linoleum floors, I looked and saw that there was a small elevator on the other side of the room, next to a pair of double doors. And I could clearly see the sign "Cooler" posted on the double doors. To the left, about halfway down, was a stairwell leading up. The stairwell lights were on as well. The rookie and I slowly started making our way towards the other side of the room, heading towards the cooler. All of the hair on my body started tingling and were standing straight up. That chilling sensation was now from the knees down, and I felt as if I was standing on cold water that was waving up and down. The rookie was right next to me now, and he says, Max, this isn't good. My feet are getting cold. I responded, You feel that too? Whispering to the rookie, I said, I feel as if the room is full of people, and they're all looking at us. That sensation is getting closer, rookie. I took no more than two steps forward and the basement lights went out. Although our gun lights were super bright LED 245 lumens and had the ability to light up an entire room, all that we could see with our gun lights were 10 feet in front of us and our bright lights were slowly dying and dimming as if something was sucking up any available light emitting from our guns. I could see the light from the stairwell, but I noticed that the light was not reflecting or shining into the basement at all, and looked as if though something was preventing the light from entering the room. I kept seeing blurry shadows moving around the stairwell lights, which appeared like a haze or a halo around the door. I holstered my gun and pulled out my 500 lumen LED flashlight. The rookie asked, Max, why are you reholstering your gun? I responded, Whatever it is that's here now is already dead, and our guns will not kill it, because we can't see whatever it is. Other than knowing that our flashlights are dimming fast, we need to get to that stairwell right now. The rookie tells me that he sees a lot of haze around the door and asks why the light is not reflecting off the floor. I told the rookie to grab hold of my gun belt and shine his light to the right while I lead us to the door of the stairwell. As soon as we reached the stairwell, our flashlights turned hot and they each popped. Our LEDs literally exploded. Needless to say, I ran up the stairs, and the rookie was right behind. But it felt like we were running for eternity, as I hear him yell out, Where's the top, Max? Where's the top? I yelled for him to not look back, and just then, I saw the wall on the other side of the door, at the top of the stairwell, 
and we both ran straight into the wall, right in front of the other two officers, who were sitting at the ground, exhausted. Lance, a good officer and a friend, says, Max, we radioed you guys not to check the basement and to meet us here first. But when there was no response, we went into the basement and we just got up here two minutes ago. We had to run back up the stairs and it felt like we were running on a treadmill. We did see you two go down the stairs on the other side 15 minutes ago and we were coming down to assist after there was no response from you guys after numerous radio checks. What the f*** actually happened to us down there? I heard faint moaning, groaning, and saw a lot of strange, raggedy looking people walking around you two. What and why the hell did the light from the stairwell not reflect or shine into the basement? Just then, we hear a voice getting closer and closer, and a figure appeared, as if it just materialized out of nowhere. Good evening, officers. I didn't mean to startle you guys, but I'm the keyholder for this funeral home. Is everything okay? All four of you look tired. Is everything clear? Hopefully you didn't exhaust yourself too much from checking the place. If you officers would like to join me, I would like to check the base myself, but would feel better if I had some company. All four of us stood up and turned towards the basement stairwell. Prior to heading back down, I radioed dispatch, letting them know that the keyholder had just arrived on scene. There was a long pause on the radio, which was strange because the dispatch center seldom takes longer than 10 seconds to respond. The dispatcher finally responds, 626, we just spoke to the keyholder and she is pulling into the parking lot right now. 626, could you verify if the two keyholders responded? Just then, upon hearing the keyholder would be female, the officers turned towards the guy that made contact with us just a few seconds ago. What we all saw was a smoky mist slowly dissipating down the hallway. The front doors slowly opened and a female voice announced herself and asked if she could come inside. After verifying all information with dispatch, I noticed a photo hanging on the wall at the entrance. I asked the real keyholder who the man in the photo was. The keyholder informed the officers the man in the photo was the original owner of the funeral home and he died quite some time ago. The keyholder responds, I never liked going in the basement alone. It always gave me chills. I always feel like someone is always watching me. After taking the report and the keyholder resetting the alarms, which according to the control panel were motion and heat sensors in the basement, myself, and the other three officers stood around outside to share our strange encounters.
which were almost identical. We then hear a coming from the main front window of the funeral home. As we look to turn, we see the same man, the original owner, waving at us. Standing behind him were faint figures that looked like several people. They each had that sinister spark when they waved and smiled at the four of us. I quickly turned and walked away without saying anything. The rookie asked if I was going to call this in. My response? F*** this I'm going to go park in front of a church and pray. We all drove to the Lutheran church on the north side of town in the 1700 block of Menasha Avenue. And there... We share our experiences we each had with the rest of the group. Our biggest question, what if I had not radio dispatch about the key holder? What if we just went back into the basement with that guy? Just retelling this incident gives me the creeps. Well, less than a year ago, my uncle passed away and the funeral was at the same place. My nephews all knew of the incident, but as I showed them the basement, we all saw a small room with no doors other than a hallway leading to the restrooms and the Hmong folks sitting all over the place. I started getting that cold feeling again, even though the place was very stuffy. It was when my nephew told me his feet were starting to get cold that I turned around and started quickly walking back up the stairs. What if all four of us officers would have gone down in the basement with that guy? I'm not going to test that. Period. Thanks everyone for making it to the end of this episode. If you haven't yet, check out my first video on scary police stories linked in the description below. I look forward to seeing you in the next one.